On today's episode, we're going to talk about the nine signs that you're addicted to gaming. Before we get started, are you ready to take control over gaming? In phase one of our family program, we provide immediate strategies to stop the spiral and break through denial. In phase two, you make progress in all areas of your life, including increased motivation, productivity, and social skills. For information on our coaching programs, you can go to gamequitters.com and click book a call in the top right corner or email me directly cam at gamequitters.com. Gaming is an activity that occurs on a continuum from healthy on one end to harmful or disordered on the other. Billions of people play video games and many do so in a healthy way. Healthy or recreational gaming is when people play video games as one of many activities in their life. They spend time with family, go to work or school, play with real world friends, and also have interests besides gaming. At the other end of the continuum, harmful or disordered gaming is when the gamer experiences negative consequences or harms from their play. Gaming follows a predictable pattern we call hook, habit, harm. A gamer enjoys playing video games. They are hooked by the fun, stimulation, challenges, sense of conquest, skill building, friendships, and social aspect of playing with others. Modern video games are specifically designed to hook a young person's brain to want more and more of it. Now, all over the world, about 10% of gamers play problematically. That means their gaming takes priority over other areas of their life and is causing significant harm to them in their normal life functioning. Now, the American Psychiatric Association has identified nine warning signs to watch out for when it comes to a video game addiction. Although these can be helpful to better understand the severity of your own situation, it's important to always seek the advice of a professional. And when you are speaking with a professional, it is really important that you identify if they have any training in gaming and gaming disorder. Often professionals out there have very little if no training on gaming issues, and that heavily impacts the context that they're able to understand about whether someone is struggling with it or not. So definitely seek professional help, but do your due diligence to find someone who really does understand these issues. The first sign is what we call preoccupation. This means the individual thinks about previous gaming activity or anticipates playing the next game. It's like they're sitting in class, constantly thinking about when they can play next, and gaming is just always on their mind. They really struggle to focus on other things like homework or other interests because gaming is just the only thing that they can ever focus on. When someone has preoccupation with gaming, gaming has become the dominant activity in their daily life. It also often means that gaming is the only source of their self-esteem. Gaming is really all that they think about. It's all that they really identify with. It's all they relate to. Next, withdrawal symptoms when not playing. The individual feels restless, irritable, moody, angry, anxious, bored, or even sad when attempting to cut down or stop gaming, or when they're unable to play. I remember, for instance, when I was 15 years old, my family had booked a trip for us to go to Rome in Italy. And every picture of me on that trip, I'm glaring at the camera because I was so angry. I didn't want to be in Rome. I just wanted to be back home playing video games all summer long. Now, I, I feel really bad about that. It's something that you know I certainly regret. And nowadays, ironically, who wouldn't love to go to Rome and see the Colosseum and eat pizza and just really enjoy that beautiful country? I'm sure many of us listening would love to go there. But at the time for me, I just wanted to be back home gaming. And when I wasn't playing, I was experiencing serious withdrawal symptoms. And so if you're noticing that in yourself or someone you love, it's definitely something to be paying attention to. The next sign is called tolerance. 
the individual feels the need to play for increasing amounts of time, play more exciting games, or buy more powerful equipment to get the same amount of excitement they used to get. Often tolerance nowadays also comes in the form of needing to spend more and more money in order to feel the same level of excitement. So earlier this year, I was working with an individual 17 year old who had spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars playing Roblox. This individual unfortunately went so far as to actually steal money from his job in order to spend more and more money on Roblox. And when I asked him about this experience, what was discovered was that for him, when he was playing Roblox, there were a lot of opportunities to spend money within the game. And as he was spending money, it was feeling really exciting. It was a dopamine hit every time he got to spend. And it was just really exciting for his brain. But because he was playing four, five, six, seven, eight hours a day, that meant that he needed more and more money in order to feel that same level of excitement. And so, you know, at first it was taking money from his parents' credit cards, stealing money that way. And then once that was kind of discovered, he started stealing from his job. And of course that was discovered and then he got fired and charged. But for him, it was about the excitement of spending money playing games. And because he was playing so many hours, he needed more and more money in order to feel that same level of excitement. So in addiction criteria, we call that tolerance. At first, spending a little bit was exciting, but over time he needed to spend more and more to feel that same sense of rush. The next sign is unsuccessful attempts to control. The individual feels that they should play less, but are unable to cut back on the amount of time they spend playing. Often you can see this where someone has agreed to spend less time playing, maybe have a limit, parents are imposing a couple hours a day, but they're always going over they're unable to self-control, they're unable to self-regulate. Another way you can view this is if an individual agrees to take, say, a weekend off from playing, but they're very irritable and they end up just throwing an emotional tantrum in order to get games back. They're unable to actually control themselves. The fifth sign is loss of interests. The individual has lost interest in or reduced any participation in other recreational activities. They've stopped playing sports. They have no other hobbies. They don't hang out with friends in person anymore because they prefer to spend time at home gaming. Often for teenagers, sports will be the first one to kind of look at. I know for me, you know, I no longer wanted to go to school. I no longer wanted to play hockey and I just wanted to play video games all day, every day. Often an individual who's addicted to gaming will say that, often an individual addicted to gaming will say that gaming is just the only thing they enjoy. It's the only thing that they are passionate about. It's the only activity that they find fun. They no longer find sports fun. They don't want to play band anymore. They don't like hanging out with these other kids. Gaming is the only thing they want to do. And as a parent, that can be really difficult to understand because you don't want to see your kids suffer. And so being able to have them enjoy their life and play video games seems like it's the right thing to do. But what you're actually seeing is the first sign of them starting to develop a problem with gaming because gaming is the only thing they want to do. And increasingly over time, it'll be the only thing that they will do even to the detriment of school and employment and their relationships. Which brings us to the sixth sign, which is continuing to play despite negative consequences. The individual continues to play even though they are aware of negative consequences such as not getting enough sleep, reduced performance at school or work, or neglecting important duties. Continuing to play despite the occurrence of negative consequences is a really important sign to be paying attention to. Now, often for an individual who is playing games excessively, they will have a distorted view of their life. So they might not recognize that gaming is leading 
to these negative consequences. And instead they will say they don't have an interest in other things like school or they don't have motivation to go to work. They just want to play video games. But what you're seeing is their whole life is being designed around gaming as a priority, even to the detriment of just normal everyday life functions. The seventh sign is deception. So the individual is being deceptive. They're lying to family or friends or others about how much they play, or they have tried to keep family or friends from knowing how much they game as well. You know, in my story, I was gaming so much that, you know, of course my parents said that, you know, if you're not going to school, then you have to get a job. And, you know, that was a fair argument, but for me getting a job meant that I wasn't able to play video games. And so what I would do was I actually pretended to have jobs and deceive my family. You know, every morning my dad would drop me off at a restaurant where he thought I was a prep cook. And as soon as he drove off, I'd walk across the street and catch the bus back home. I'd sneak in through my bedroom window and I'd go back to sleep, you know, because I had been up all night gaming. My parents both were working at the time and my mom would usually come home around 2 or 3 p.m. And so I'd always be kind of getting up right around then. And I used to just say that I would get home around one or, or two and I'd have a nap after work. And that's why I was always kind of waking up when she was getting home. Of course, you know, after a couple of weeks when I was supposed to start getting paychecks, they would start to wonder where it was. And I would always just make up an excuse like I quit or got fired or something happened. And that's why, you know, I, I quit the job. That would then give me a couple of weeks before my parents would start to say, hey, you need to you know, get a new job. And then I'd put in resumes and get an interview and that would be a couple of weeks. And, you know, it would always buy me a bunch of time. And then I'd work at that job or pretend to work at that job for a couple of weeks before the cycle would repeat itself. After the restaurant job that I pretended to have, I had the genius idea to start working or pretending to work at an internet cafe because then I could just be there all night gaming and, and not have to be, for instance, sneaking in through my bedroom window. I could just have my parents drop me off at the internet cafe and then I could just game all night when they thought I was on my shift. So deception is a really big sign that someone is no longer in a healthy place with their gaming. And that deception is something really important to be paying attention to because an addict will always go to great lengths to maintain their addiction. They'll get rid of everything in their life in order to maintain it because it's the priority. So if you're seeing someone stealing money or being deceptive about their gaming, you need to pay attention to it. The eighth sign is using video games to escape or relieve a negative mood. So the individual plays to escape from or forget about personal problems or to relieve uncomfortable feelings such as guilt, anxiety, or depression. Now this is a really interesting one because it would be easy to view gaming as an escape as a way to deal with depression or stress or anxiety as something that could be very helpful for someone. And in some cases, when gaming is a healthy thing, it can be helpful for them. The difference though is in the combination of these different signs. So if they're gaming to escape and also being deceptive and also losing interest in other activities and also experiencing withdrawal symptoms when they're not playing and also continuing to play despite negative consequences, it's a very different situation than someone going to school, going to work, having normal relationships and just playing video games a little bit here and there to help manage stress in their life. Gaming as an escape is one of the big vulnerabilities for someone to develop a gaming issue. And so often, I think, especially young adults, college students, they may be feeling a difficulty with the transition into being an independent adult. And they might feel a bit anxious or depressed about it. And so a lot of people focus on the depression or focus on the anxiety, but yet that individual is still gaming all the time and they're gaming more and more and more and they're not making progress on the anxiety. They're not making progress on the depression and yet the gaming is continuing. So often in the clients that we work with, they may have anxiety or they may have depression, 
but they're also gaming excessively and being able to bring that back to much more manageable levels while also making progress on the anxiety or the depression is an important part of them being able to make positive progress as they go forward. I think it's a big mistake for people to focus only on depression or anxiety and not address the gaming because often the excessive gaming is leading to a lot of the anxiety and the depression and it's also leading to a lot of the lack of motivation they're experiencing. So often all of it needs to be addressed, not just one of the symptoms. Which brings us to the ninth sign, which is significant impact. The individual has risked or lost significant relationships, a job or educational opportunity, or even a career in order to play. For me, I lost a relationship. I was struggling with work. I dropped out of high school. These were very significant negative impacts in my life in order to continue to play video games. That goes, you know, just to piggyback off the last sign, that goes beyond just being stressed or anxious or, or depressed. That goes to gaming as a priority over my normal life functioning, my normal life responsibilities. So if an individual has lost a serious opportunity or normal thing to do in life like school or work or to have a relationship in order to keep playing, it's definitely something very important to be paying attention to. So just to recap quick, sign number one was preoccupation. Sign two is withdrawal symptoms. Sign three is tolerance. Sign four is unsuccessful attempts to control. Sign five is loss of interests. Sign six is continuing to play despite negative consequences. Sign seven is deception. Sign eight is using games to escape or relieve a negative mood. And sign nine is significant impact. Now, just one of these signs does not mean that you have an addiction. And I'm not a professional who can diagnose. So you can take all of this with a grain of salt and I'm just giving you some context to pay attention to. But generally, if you meet five or more of these warning signs within the last 12 months, you may have a serious problem and should definitely be seeking help to address it. Now, whether or not your child's gaming meets the diagnostic criteria for gaming disorder or gaming addiction, all gamers can move from a healthy habit to an unhealthy or a harmful one. So if your gaming is interfering with functioning at school or work, social or family relationships, your physical health or mental health, there is an issue. And that's why you're here and that's why you want to address it. And we can help with steps to prevent harms from developing or to take action to help you get back on track if you are experiencing negative impact from your gaming. Thanks so much for listening to the Gaming the System podcast. I hope you got value out of today's episode. On GameQueers.com, we have hundreds of YouTube videos, articles, and other podcast episodes to help you get control over gaming. We also have bespoke coaching programs where we work directly with you and your family to get gaming under control for good. For information on our coaching programs, email me directly, cam at GameQueers.com, or go to GameQueers.com and click book a call on the top right corner, and I'll share information with you then. Together, we will get your son back on track and we look forward to working directly with you.